0: Welcome to the core here on American Family Radio. Glad to have you with us today on the show. I'm Walker Wildman. I'm your host for today and every day here on the core. We're gonna have on two special guests this uh, show in the next segment and uh, the last segment. We're gonna have on uh, two authors here. We're gonna have on John Nicholas. Next segment, author of Debt-Free ASAP. And we're going to talk about the issue of consumer debt in, our, in America today and how you can chart your path out of debt. Uh, then uh, last segment, we'll talk to Pastor Tony Scott uh, on his book, One Plus One Equals One on God's Design for Marriage. So we'll talk to Pastor Scott last segment. So you're going to want to stay tuned for that. By the way, if you want to watch the show, you can do so. By going to our website, Uh, no, you can listen on our website, but if you want to watch the show, you can go to Facebook or YouTube and watch the video there. You can watch the live stream on Facebook or YouTube. Just type in AFA at the Core. You can find the show page on both of those platforms, and you can watch the video, watch the live stream there. You can listen live on our website and on our app, and you can also subscribe to the podcast, the AFA at the Core podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, we're in Psalm ch- uh, chapter 6 today. Psalm chapter 6. We're going to read the entire chapter here, 1 through 10. Uh, verse 1 through 10 in Psalm chapter 6. We're going to continue the uh, Psalms of David here. O Lord, rebuke me not in your anger, nor discipline me in your wrath. Be gracious to me, O Lord, for I am languishing. Heal me, O Lord, for my bones are troubled. My soul also is greatly troubled, but you, O Lord, how long? Turn, O Lord, deliver my life. Save me for the sake of your steadfast love. For in death there is no remembrance of you, and soul, who will give you praise? I am weary with my moaning. Every night I flood my bed with tears. I drench my couch with weeping. My eye waste away because of grief. It grows weak because of all my foes. Depart from me, all you workers of evil. For the Lord has heard the sound of my weeping, the Lord has heard my plea. The Lord accepts my prayer, all my enemies shall be ashamed and greatly troubled. They shall turn back and put to shame and be put to shame in a moment. And so one thing I want us to take away from Psalm chapter 6 is the humility that David is putting forth here. Uh, the humility that David is displaying, he says, O Lord, rebuke me not in your anger, nor discipline me in your wrath. Be gracious to me, O Lord, for I am languishing. Heal me, O Lord, for my bones are troubled. My soul also is greatly troubled. Uh, so the humility that David displays here is the same humility that you and I should display because we are not entitled to eternal life with God the Father. We are not entitled to. To salvation through Jesus Christ that is a gift that God has offered us and uh, we need to to speak to God and have a, uh, a, a, a spirit of humility uh, in our lives uh, not one of entitlement not one that we deserve this or deserve that uh, but but that we are um, <clears throat> eternally indebted to God the Father for sending his son Jesus Christ to save us from our sins so we need to show humility, uh, display humility, just as David does in his writings. Um, jumping into some of the stories for today, you know, this, uh, this terrorist attack over the weekend at this uh, Jewish synagogue in Texas, uh, just the, the, the response to it by the FBI, the initial response to it by the FBI, now they've, they've done an about face, so I will mention that. But the initial response to it is absolutely stunning. So just to set this up a little bit, we had a, a British national that was in the U.S. with a visa uh, go into a, a synagogue, Congregation Beth Israel uh, Synagogue, going to a Sabbath service in Colleyville, Texas. This is right outside of Fort Worth or Dallas, Texas, Dallas, Fort Worth area. It's about fifteen miles outside of Fort Worth. That's important here in a minute why I mentioned that location. And so this British national goes in and takes four men hostage during a Jewish service on Saturday morning. And so this hostage situation goes all day and it 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 comes out why this a British national, who is also a Muslim, went in there. He went in there and took hostages because he wanted to demand the release of a convicted terrorist who some call Lady Al-Qaeda. And she's a convicted Islamic terrorist who had tried to kill U.S. soldiers. So she's in prison now. And she is in prison about 30 to 45 minutes from where this Jewish synagogue is. All right? And so I'm setting up the context here for a reason. You see where this puzzles going. All right? You see where this puzzle is going, but the national media, the FBI, the Biden administration, they don't dare want to have to admit here, that we have a Muslim terrorist going into a Jewish synagogue trying to uh, use hostages to get a convicted Islamic terrorist released from prison. All right? That is the context. That is the context. Well, somehow the the special agent in charge at the FBI totally missed all this. (laughs) The guy who was on the scene helping with the hostage negotiation team, helping to get the Jews released from the synagogue and from this hostage situation. We have this uh, a clip of FBI special agent in charge. And let me, get, let me pull up his name. Uh, uh, his name is Matthew DeSarno. That is the FBI spe- special agent in charge that you're about to hear. This is a press conference at the synagogue, outside of the synagogue, after all, uh, the hostage... Uh, taker. The suspect was killed by law enforcement or either himself. It's still not clear what happened there. But nonetheless, he, the threat was neutralized. Everybody made it out safe. This is the press conference, and this is a clip of FBI Special Agent in Charge, Matthew DeSarno. Let's listen.
2: We do believe from our engagement with this subject that he was singularly focused on one issue, uh, and it was not specifically related to the Jewish community, uh, but we're continuing to work to find motive
0: and, and we will continue on that path. All right. Well, there you have it. Just look the other way. Nothing going on here. Has nothing to do with the Jewish synagogue. Has nothing nothing to do with the Jewish faith. Just a random target. Just happened to be driving by and and pulled in there and decided to take people hostage. And while he was in there, he just had this novel idea to demand the release of an Islamic terrorist. <laughs> You see the the, the irony here? You see the complete willful blindness here? And when I say that we don't just have a problem with the FBI in Washington, D.C., this is what I'm talking about. This is what I'm talking about. Political correctness and wokeness has completely destroyed the FBI to such an extent that this special agent in charge fills the need, fills the urge to go ahead and get on out there and let everybody know that the fact that this was a Jewish synagogue absolutely had nothing to do with the crime. Absolutely had nothing to do with the crime and the hostage situation. Completely random, has nothing to do with it. And we all know that's not true. The reason the Muslim terrorist went in the synagogue is because he wanted to use Jews, which is the the, the, his arch enemies, he wanted I'm speaking from a religious standpoint here. He wanted to use the Jews as hostages to get his fellow Islamic believer out of prison. But the FBI special agent in charge, this is not Comey. This is not, you know, Andrew McCabe. This is not the uh, FBI director, Ray. This was a special agent in charge, a field agent in, in, in Dallas, Texas, right outside of Dallas, Texas, rushing out there, letting everybody know that it had nothing to do with the fact that it was a Jewish synagogue. And we know, obviously, that's ridiculous It had everything to do with the fact that it was a Jewish synagogue. Um, So the the reason we know that is because, well, the evidence is clear. You just look at what's going on in the context there. But the uh, FBI came out later and tried to clean up the mess that that special agent made. Um, And they put out a statement yesterday evening after the statement I just played. They put out a statement hours later, uh, which was released late Sunday. And uh, here's one of the sentences from the statement. This is a terrorism-related matter in which the Jewish community was targeted and is being investigated by the Joint Terrorism Task Force. Uh, The statement read, that's according to Fox News. And um, by the way, the facility that was holding the uh, convicted terrorist It was 15 miles from the city in which the Jewish synagogue was attacked. So this is exactly related uh, to uh, Islamic terrorism. So the FBI last night ended up coming out and admitting that uh, after the special agent tried to uh, do the job of everybody who tries to be apologetic for Islamic terrorism. Uh, Moving on to a few other things I want to get to. The... Um, we had some, some uh, encouraging news over the weekend in Virginia. I'm going to play a clip here. This is one excerpt. Uh, uh, now Governor Glenn Youngkin was sworn in this weekend as the new, as a Virginia governor, which was a, a an extreme upset. You know, Virginia has been a blue state for some time now. I think the last Republican governor that was sworn in was in 2010 there in Virginia. So Democrats have been running Virginia for eight to 10 years now. Well, Things changed and Glenn Youngkin's now the governor. I'm gonna play a clip here, clip three of him saying that they're going to empower parents to have a say on their children's education. Clip three, let's listen.
3: Somewhere along the way, we've lost the ability to show respect to one another, to disagree without being disagreeable. And we've tried to silence the people most responsible for the lives of our young children their parents. Parents should have a say in what is taught in schools. They should have a say in what's being taught in schools because in Virginia, Parents have a fundamental right to make decisions with regard to their child's upbringing, education, and care. To parents, I say we respect you, and we will empower you in the education of your children.
0: Well, there you have it. That's uh, Governor Glenn Youngkin now saying we will empower parents to have a say about their child's Education, You know, that should be a given. That should be a given. But here we are in a country where one party thinks that the, the, the quote-unquote experts should have all the say about our child's education and that parents should just stay out of it. That is a terrible idea. Parents pay the tax dollars... Parents ought to have a very firm say about their child's education and what they are being taught. AFA at the core. Be back in a few minutes.
1: I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. What are gates? They are defensive tools used to keep stuff out, to keep an advancing force at bay. Too often, the enemy is successful in putting Christians on defense. When the facts are, the Lord established his church as an aggressive, offensive, territory-taking body. The Lord never meant for us to sit on the sidelines of life or to cower in the corner as a result of the wickedness in our culture. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. The light of the world cannot be contained. The Lord is building His church, and the mamby-pamby gates of hell shall not prevail against us. Listen each weekday
3: from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association.
1: This is Raising God the Girls Minute with Patti Garibay of American Heritage Girls. Whether your daughter has just experienced a
3: bad breakup or a move that seemingly upended her life, there are times in adolescence that can feel like too much to bear. She can feel betrayed or worse yet, forgotten. Looking for a way to reveal the story God is writing for your girl? Tell your family story. Sometimes it is easier to see God's faithfulness when we look back over past circumstances and can see how they worked out for our good, even if we might not have seen it at the time. How has God been faithful to your family? Share the story of a bad breakup that led to a happy marriage or a move that resulted in a lifelong friendship. There are tales of beautiful God-ordained steps in every family.
1: We are all called to raise up the next generation of Christian leaders. You can learn more about empowering girls through the love of God at RaisingGodlyGirls.com.
3: AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio.
0: Welcome back to the Core here on American Family Radio. You know, one of the core values here at American Family Association is biblical stewardship. Uh, That's one of our core values here at American Family Association, and that is being Good, wise stewards of that which God has entrusted us with, not just from a financial perspective, often that's what you think about right off the top of your head, uh, but really being good stewards of everything that God has entrusted us with. Uh, On uh, the line to talk about this is author and financial coach John Nicholas. Uh, John is author of Debt Free ASAP, How to Know Your Options, Create a Plan, and Start Changing Your Life within 48 Hours. John, welcome to The Core.
2: Hey, thank you, Walker. Great to be with you.
0: John, give us a little background about yourself. Tell us uh, where you you started from, where you are now, and what led you to write this book.
2: Well, you know, it's interesting you talk about Christian stewardship right there, and I was just checking uh, the latest rankings on uh, Christian stewardship book sales, and I'm happy to report that Get Free ASAP is uh, once again in the top five, and so I was excited to see that. Uh, on the whole Amazon platform. But to answer your question, I, you know, I have had quite a history in business, uh, building uh, not only a, a sports media company that became quite large and successful, but also a, a real estate company that was number one in the state of Texas, number two in the US in terms of sales, team rankings. So a lot of success, but boy, I've had some really tough times. I've been through some serious debt uh, myself. Mm. and learned how to recover in a variety of ways. And of course, as a pastor and then as a broker and a, and a business owner, you, you kind of learn a lot. But then I worked inside the debt relief industry and learned things that would you know make your head spin. And that really pr- propelled me to rise up and, and put together something very simple and encouraging uh, for, for anybody who's struggling with too much debt.
0: You know, John, I think... Your story there is like many others, and that is, you know, one one thing that detractors like to say, and I've heard it said about Dave Ramsey, and I'm sure people have said it about you, is, well, you know, so-and-so, you know, they filed bankruptcy X amount of times, or so-and-so, you know, they were in debt this amount. Well, okay, that probably is true, but that's exactly the point, is that people like you, John, are writing uh, How to books on getting out of debt because you've been there, you've done that, and you know what it's like to get out of debt.
2: And we know that it can happen to anyone, Walker. I, I tell you yeah. what, I've talked to people from every background and situation across America, uh, whether they were high flying attorneys who had heart attacks, or whether they were disabled and make you know get seven hundred dollars a month uh, of, of disability, mm. and everything in between. And th- there's you know, there's no prejudice when it comes to to debt and debt recovery. There's a lot of folks struggling, and I'm hoping to bring some encouragement uh, and some simple steps. That's that's my mission.
0: Yeah, John, I want I want to ask you a pretty basic question, but but people need to understand this. And we we've, we've become as a society, uh, we've become so accustomed to debt to where uh, having it actually feels weird not to have debt <laughs> in, in American right. society tell our audience some of the reasons what what has what drives you for example to get out of debt
2: well i've i've identified the five deadly effects of debt and of course one is financial because it's, you know your best money right off the top goes towards interest and the higher the interest uh, the less you actually pay towards your debt every month and it's a total hamster wheel scenario, which we, I think we're most of us are familiar with that. Yeah. But there's also the emotional impact of just, you know, debt is, is negative every day, you know. And then you have mentally, it can really get in your head and affect your hopes and dreams. It really can. And I, I became almost obsessive about trying to figure out literally daily balances and things like that. Then you have the relational impact, which we all know, you know, divorce and separation are heavily skewed from financial forces and pressures. And then even spiritually, because Lord knows we're we're not meant to be slaves to debt. Uh, You know, freedom and abundance is is our calling. So that's really uh, the driving force. I want to see people break those chains and really walk in freedom and abundance so they can be generous gracious and, and, you know, just,
0: you know, blessed. Amen. John, I, my wife and I started our journey to, uh, being debt free, uh, within about a year after, um, marriage. And, uh, now we, the only debt we have is our home mortgage. And, you mm-hmm. know, hopefully we can, uh, we're aiming to get that paid off well before, you know, the, 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 the term is over, uh, because we know right. the sooner we get out of that, the sooner we'll be able to help our kids and grandkids with their future um, and yeah, sure. we'll be able to be more generous. And so we're we're on this journey and you don't really appreciate it, John, and you know this, I want you to talk about it. Uh, you don't really appreciate being debt-free until you're there and you understand the freedom and the de-stressor that comes with being debt-free. I think you're
2: really on to something there, Walker, in that In that, you know how you hear about the fog of war when people are just, you know, in in that place where everything's just a blur and things are happening fast, and you don't really stop and think much. Well, there's a lot of folks struggling, and they're in a different kind of fog, and they have no idea how it feels to be debt free, uh, or or the steps necessary to get there, and oftentimes they're just overwhelmed. They're just, you know, they're taking care of grandma or the kids are sick or they have conditions that are difficult or there's separation, job loss, you know, health issues. I mean, you name it. It it can be a hurricane. It can be a tornado, whatever. A lot of things disrupt people's lives and they just flat out can't see the light of day. Uh, And I've, I've tried to simplify things so that they can clearly know their steps. One, two, three. Got to assess my situation. Got to look at my options. Got to put a plan together with enough support that I can be successful. Mm. And that those are the those are the steps that, that we we try to focus on.
0: Uh, John, tell our audience where they can find your book. Well, the book uh, "Get
2: Free ASAP" is on Amazon as both an ebook, you know, a Kindle uh, ebook, or as a paperback. I've also got a free fast-track video course I just posted to help people out. also has some free uh, forms and, and tools to help you get started. Uh, that's at freedetvideo.com. I encourage uh, anyone to go there. And you can really start pulling your, your information together, uh, take a good look at your life situation, and then really be able to review your, your options. I try to walk through all the most popular, proven uh, options, everything from, you know, handling things as you pay off each, you know, balance one by one, maybe the lowest balance first, you know, that type of thing, or consolidation, uh, everything from hardship programs, settlement, working with family, uh, even looking at the uh, bankruptcies in case those are the only things that really fit uh, for somebody's situation. So, you know, you got to know your options Mm. to make, Good decisions and to be prayerful in the process is critical i talk about our mindset our spirit and our vision and we all need vision else we else we perish as you know
0: that's right, right. amen hey john god bless you keep keep uh preaching and teaching this it's desperately needed in america today god bless you brother
2: About the great work thank you very much
0: all right Thank you, man. There you have it. That's uh, author and financial coach, John Nicholas. uh, And uh, we're going to put the link to uh, everything he just mentioned there and his website on, we're going to link to that from the core uh, podcast page at AFR.net. So if you go to AFR.net, click on my podcast for today, uh, you'll be able to link through to John's uh, website where you can see his uh, book to order and also watch that uh, free video course that he cited there. Uh, You know, being debt-free, is it's 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 freeing, and you know it's it's so uncommon in in America today with money everywhere and loans everywhere and banks everywhere. It's so countercultural uh, to be debt free that many people just miss out on it. Many people just miss out on it, and they they. I was once there, so I'm speaking to myself here. All right. So I'm not speaking from some, you know, perch where I don't understand what's going on. Um, My wife and I, we decided to get debt free uh, after we got married. And so we pursued that and we used any and every opportunity to pay towards debt. We used that as an opportunity to do that. Um, And so instead of using money that comes in, that's maybe unexpected, instead of using it to buy something or go on vacation, we would put all that towards the debt. And so we would snowball it until we eventually got both of our vehicles paid off, and then now we're working on our home, which will take some time. It takes patience. Um, but it's, it's so liberating to, for example, just to give you some examples, and I, I, I don't know what it's like to, to live otherwise, at least for the, for the last several years, but, for example, to be able to go on vacation um, without going into debt, to be able to um uh have Christmas for our, our kids to be able to buy all the Christmas gifts without going into debt, um, and even even medical bills, you know, medical bills pile up. Um, uh, medical bills are often expensive, depending on what you're dealing with. Um, but to be able to, for example, have a child at the hospital and be able to pay that child's doctor's bills, uh, doctor bills with cash, you know, and just to be done with it, just pay the bill in full when you get it. And be done with it. It's all very, very liberating, uh, uh, low stress, and you're able to move on with your life and actually, uh, you know, look for other things to achieve other than being stressed out and consumed with uh, consumer debt. So uh, many reasons to get out of debt. And uh, John just mentioned a few there. So you can go to afr.net, go to my podcast page, and find more about his book and his videos. Uh, there at AFR.net on my podcast page. I want to talk about a few other things before this segment ends. Um, in California, well, before I go to California, we're going to tie this into this story out of the Supreme Court. Um, the Supreme Court, I mentioned this on my show Friday, uh, Thursday before the show ended, and that, uh, that is the, the Supreme Court ruling on two different cases on Thursday. Uh, one case had to do with the Department of Labor and OSHA, and the regulation to either get the shot or be tested on a a daily basis or on a weekly basis, that was struck down by the Supreme Court in a six-to-three decision. Well, this other case that was going along the same, uh, going along a parallel track, was the Center for uh, Medicare and Medicaid Services, CMS, and their shot mandate. Their uh, shot mandate that they were doing that was being litigated, well, the Supreme Court upheld that federal mandate in a five-to-four decision. But in in the uh, opinion, Abe Hamilton this morning, host of the Hamilton Corner, he pointed out to me and others a major flaw that is in this ruling. And, you know, when, when you when you hear the Supreme Court and you consider their rulings, you assume <laughs> that their decisions are based on truth that their decisions are rooted in that which is right, that which is factually accurate. Because if 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 not, that is a very dangerous place to be in our country, to have a Supreme Court that is ruling based on falsehoods. And what's so frustrating about this is, is the media and the left and the Democrats, they're all up in arms about misinformation and disinformation. And they accuse people like you and me of spreading misinformation, and they think we should be deplatformed and canceled from American society because we spread misinformation, even though we don't. So it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a falsehood. And the, the, the uh, even One America News had their, their network pulled from DirecTV over the weekend because of supposed misinformation. But DirecTV, what do they do? They don't cite anything specific. They just deplatform a major um, media outlet because of, quote, misinformation. Well, in in the ruling on page five, the U.S. Supreme Court majority opinion, the five justices that made up the majority, they cited something that is factually inaccurate. They said uh, the Secretary of Health and Human Services determined that a COVID 19 vaccine mandate will substantially reduce the likelihood that healthcare workers will contract the virus and transmit it to their patients. Substantially reduce. The U.S. Supreme Court said, claimed, that getting the COVID 19 shot will, quote, substantially reduce transmission and infection. And we know for a fact that that is not true. We know for a fact that that is not true. How do we know that? Because all of the studies on this shot suggest that it does not work as a traditional vaccine. I've said this over and over and over again on my show. And that's why I circle back to it, to borrow from Jen Psaki, That's why I circle back to this topic like every week is because it's so important not to forget And it's so important to remember that these shots are not performing as traditional vaccines. All right. Even our own, quote, experts admit that they are not stopping transmission and they are not stopping disease. Their claim, rather, including the CDC director, her claim is that these shots, quote, prevent severe illness, end quote. All right. Well, that's a separate debate. That's a separate set of statistics but we know that these shots do not prevent transmission. So if they don't prevent transmission, then they are acting as a therapeutic which has never been mandated on any level in American history. That's like mandating vitamin C. That's like mandating vitamin D are mandating that you eat your fruits and vegetables every day. We've never mandated such behavior. But here we are, and our own Supreme Court is claiming that these shots substantially reduce transmission and infection. And we know that's not true.
1: They should face some sort of consequences. At the very least, what you put on there should be true. And if it's not true, then it should be at
3: Major social media outlets are finding ways to block the conservative evangelical viewpoint. The American Family Association will no longer be canceled. Announcing AFA Streaming, our own video streaming platform, which will allow access to all AFA video content.
1: AFA Streaming is now available. Learn more at AFA.net. Oh Lord, please let me make it, please Lord.
3: Come on, come on. American Family Association or American Family Radio. I missed the show again. Can't find the time to catch the live shows? No worries. Wait, what? You can listen and download all your favorite shows for free. For free? That's right, for free.
1: Just visit the podcast page on AFR.net. Ooh,
3: Lord. AFR.net.
1: You know, when Matthew 19, the, the scripture records a Pharisee trying to test Jesus concerning marriage and Jesus responded, have you not read that he who created them from the beginning made them male and female? And for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. In the beginning, the first institution God created was the family. Marriage is the centerpiece of family. As a husband and father myself, let me tell you, <laughs> marriage is absolutely wonderful. And we want to encourage and educate people to embrace God's design as the fundamental building block for all of human civilization and to celebrate the lifelong union of one man and one woman as the objective institution that produces human flourishing. Tune in to By Design as we explore God's true purpose and design for marriage. Just visit the podcast page at AFR.net.
3: This time of year, many people make resolutions, but unfortunately, they just don't stick.
1: Franklin Graham.
3: Let me tell you about a decision that you can make today that can change your life, not just for this year, but for eternity. You see, God gave His Son, Jesus Christ, to take our sins, and He died on a cross, and He shed His blood for our sins, and He was buried, and on the third day, God raised Him to life. If you're willing to trust Jesus, He will change your life, not just for this year, but for eternity. Just pray this prayer with me. Just say, God, I've sinned. I'm sorry. Forgive me. I believe that Jesus is your son. I want to trust him as my savior. And I'm willing to follow him as my Lord from this
1: day forward forever. Amen. Someone is ready to talk with you right now about a relationship with Jesus Christ, or simply pray with you. Call 888-388-2683. That's 888-388-2683. God bless you
3: and a happy new year to each and every one.
1: We're the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio.
0: Welcome back to the Core. Speaking of our core values, which I did last segment, you know, one of the core values of American Family Association, one of the other core values, we mentioned stewardship last segment, Uh, One of the other core values is marriage and family, and so that's why we have programs like By Design here on American Family Radio that is aimed at uplifting God's design for marriage and family as a fundamental building block for all of human civilization. Well, someone who's also written on this is Pastor Tony Scott, author of One Plus One Equals One and pastor of the church in uh, Maumé. If I said that right, Pastor John, thank you for coming on the show. Uh, Pastor Tony. I'm sorry. (laughs) Pastor Tony Scott. Yeah, Pastor Tony Scott, thank you for coming on the show.
3: Yes, good to be with you. Thank you for having me.
0: You know, uh, I want you to tell us, uh, tell our audience, uh, how you ended up there in Ohio, right?
3: Yeah, well, I just uh, was working a a good job, a salesman for American Home Foods, a food company. My wife was working at the bank and had a visitation of God in my life, and God began to speak to me ab- about the fact that He had called me into ministry. I sort of knew that for a few years, but i fought it off. But there came a day when I couldn't fight it off anymore, so my wife and I sold everything out and, and moved to Cleveland, Tennessee, uh, so that I could attend uh, Lee University, Lee College at that time. And as soon as we finished there, as I got my degree, my BA, and we... We're offered a place in Toledo, Ohio, uh, just outside of Toledo. Sylvania was the place then. We've, we've since moved the campus to Maumee, which is about 10 miles out of Toledo. And we've been here. We have pastored the church uh, for some 47 years. My wife went to be with Jesus on August the 18th, 4 5 a.m. 2020. And uh, we've been married for 55 years. We started dating uh, uh, after meeting at a, at a church youth camp, and we dated for three years. She graduated from high school, and immediately thereafter, we married. And and uh, our life was one of oneness. We we discovered, thankful to God, the, the power of oneness in a marriage. And, and we lived our lives together. We were together seven days a week. We didn't take separate vacations. We didn't do things separate from each other. Uh, we were always together always side by side and specifically in the ministry working side by side
0: what uh your wife actually helped you write at least half of the book is that right
3: she did she wrote her part before she went to be with the lord mm. uh, she fought cancer for almost 4 years and um, she said to me i've always wanted to write a book with you and uh, you know i would mm. try to convince her consistently that you know you're not going to die god's going to heal you we're going to get through this mm. But she was writing continuously. I, I didn't realize how much she had written, and I took everything that she wrote and, and sit, sat down with uh, a young lady in our church who uh, is, is a school teacher, and she helped me uh, put all the notes together. And, and we wrote the book "One Plus One Equals One." Not good math, but an <laughs> incredible way to live in a marriage.
0: Amen. Um, you know, sometimes spiritual truths don't add up on paper, uh, and no, and no that, they don't. That's definitely one of them. You know. Um, uh, Pastor Scott, the you look around at society, and we can all talk. I talk about on my show, you know, different issues that we face in society, and we face even as a church within the body of Christ. Um, but much of much of what is going on around us could be solved. We know clearly that the root of all of man's problem is is our sin nature and our need for Jesus Christ to redeem us and to provide us eternal life, and to provide us a new heart. But that, is, that is the overarching theme of Scripture. But one of God's institutions that he created to help be a spiritual aid to culture and to society is the family. Um, talk a little bit about the, the, the underlying foundation that a strong family uh, can help solve many of society's ills.
3: Well, civilization started in the Garden of Eden with one man and one woman, Adam and Eve, and God performed the first marriage ceremony. So God himself created marriage, and he designed marriage to be between a man and a woman. He plumbed them so that they could become one, one flesh. It's right there in the book of Genesis. And sometimes we think oneness started there, but it, it, it was in the Godhead before there was ever a universe. Yeah. There is one God eternally existing, and 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 three manifestations of His uh, presence. And of course, I don't, I try never to argue theology, but I am a Trinitarian. I, I believe in, in the fact that that God has ex- given Himself to us through the law of oneness. And mm. if you just look at the law of oneness, Walker. It permeates the universe. Uh, the, the entire solar system operates on the law of oneness. Oneness, yes. uh, I believe, is the foundational law of creation. And over and over, Jesus spoke of his oneness with the Father and the fact that we are one with him, thus one with the Father. So, mm. the idea of oneness, the I call it a law, because the kingdom of God operates on laws, uh, on the basis of laws. And so, the law of oneness permeates everything. And if A man and a woman will come together and literally become one flesh. It doesn't mean they give up their right to be their individual selves, but they come into a unity of purpose, and it has to do with unity. And they come into a unity of purpose, and they love each other, and they serve each other, and they learn how to love each other. Oftentimes, men don't know how to love their wives, they want to be loved the same way that. Uh, they love their wife, and uh, that's that's not exactly the way it works. A, a woman wants to be loved uh, in her way. You, a man, wants to be loved in his way, and you have to teach each other that. So the oneness principle brings you together like nothing else can, and, and it, it was the foundation of our life. It's the foundation, I believe, of every society. So as as goes the marriage and the family, so goes the society.
0: Mm, so true, Pastor Scott. Uh, in your in your writing, and then also when you speak to couples, young couples, maybe uh, more wise couples, what is what's what seems to be the number one challenge uh, facing American families, facing uh, the body of Christ and couples today?
3: Well, it's the spirit of the Antichrist that has launched an assault against marriage, first of all. Um, So we have homosexuality, and we have transgenderism, and all of these things that are actually an attack on marriage. And Mm. now we have a law in this country that has uh, said that marriage can be between two people of the same sex. But in, in the Bible, that's not true, and in God's teachings, that's not true. And there can never really be fulfillment in a marriage unless you have a God-style marriage, unless it's based on the, the principles that God lays out in Genesis. Everything we need to know about marriage basically is given to us in the book of Genesis. God lays it out as clearly as it can be. He has communication with them. He becomes one with them in the garden. He visits with them. They commune with him. They commune with each other. Uh, he's given the command for Adam to take care of his wife, uh, they're to love each other. And all through that book of Genesis, you see this happening. Sin, of course, came into the garden, sin comes into our world, our nation. And just look around you, Walker, at the many ministers that you and I know of over the last 10 years, uh, their marriages fell apart mm. um, divorce has invaded the church in a way perhaps like we've never seen before uh, i i remember one time doing some research and and, and noting that uh, 10 mega church pastors had fallen over a five-year period of time
0: wow
1: and
3: and and we're not paying attention to the principles of oneness and and that's why we wrote the book i didn't even know what the name the book and i prayed sincerely and asked god to lead and guide and direct me in, he led me in that direction of oneness.
0: Amen. Hey, Pastor Scott, tell our, our audience where they can uh, order the book, One Plus One Equals One.
3: TonyScott.tv. Very simple. Tony Scott. T-O-N-Y-S-C-O-T-T, dot TV. And, and not only did we write the book, we wrote a manual to go with it. So the mm-hmm. manual's 12 chapters, just like the book is. So husband and wife could sit down, and and go through this, and I've taught it here. We've had hundreds of couples already, if not thousands. We know about hundreds that have gone through the course, and their marriages have been renewed and strengthened, and they have a new purpose in their marriage. It's just, uh, Walker, it's miraculous what, what, what happens when two people begin to understand the concept of oneness in a marriage.
0: Amen. Hey, God bless you, uh, Pastor Scott and I pray you'll continue uh, building Godly marriages. Thank you so much, Walker. All right, thank you. Yes,
3: thank you so much.
0: All right, there you have it. That's uh, Pastor Tony Scott from uh, Ohio, from the Toledo area, and uh, that's his book, One Plus One Equals uh, One, and so you can find that on his uh, website, tonyscott.tv was that URL, and we'll post that on the podcast page at AFR.net and so you know that's that's why marriage and family is one of the core values at American Family Association because we understand because we read God's Word, we understand um, that strong marriages is, is critical is uh, required to have a strong society to have a strong uh, uh, culture, to have a strong country uh, we must have strong, families. Uh, So that's uh, why marriage and family is one of our core values. Uh, Moving on to a few other topics before we wrap up the show. Uh, I want to play a clip two here. Uh, This is, you know, the, the, the media really, they they can, and when I say the media, let me be more specific. The national news media, the uh, major media conglomerates, you have your major uh, broadcast Networks. You have CNN. You have Fox News. You have MSNBC. And when you look at the impact on American society and public perception and public opinion, a lot of these major multi-billion-dollar companies have a lot of say and influence as to how people think about things and how they view different issues. Um, And so, when when I say the media, that's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the major media conglomerates. That shape narratives and shape a public perception on the key issues of our day, um, and so the issue I want to talk about now is um, the fear, the constant fear mongering, as it relates to Russia, and we, this is not a, a a new thing. We saw this five six years ago under uh, the. Obama administration, where they were, well, they were getting people all worked up over Vladimir Putin. Meanwhile, the Obama administration was working hand in hand with Vladimir Putin on several key issues, and actually working against Ukraine. You know, uh, as 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 Putin was invading Crimea, President Obama was offering to send blankets and MREs, not not arms. Not lethal alarms, President Obama was pledging to send blankets and meal kits to Ukraine, and so here we are now, six, five, six, seven years later, and the the, the national news media that I just mentioned specifically, uh, they are building upon this continued narrative that Vladimir Putin and Russia are the biggest threat to America in 2022. And we know that's not true. But someone who's continuing this narrative is CNN. Let's listen to CNN um, State of the Union talking about um, asking actually Representative McCall from Texas about whether we are in a new Cold War with Russia. Clip two. Let's listen. Do you think we are in a new Cold War with Russia? I do. I do because I think Putin, again, smells weakness here. He knows that if he's ever going to invade Ukraine, now is the time. I hope he doesn't make that miscalculation. But the fact is, if he does invade Ukraine, what is the United States, what is our commander in chief prepared to do to stop it? I'm not seeing a lot of
2: details or action that could deter him from that critical step. This would be the largest invasion in Europe since World War II. That's how big
0: of a deal this is. Well, that's uh, Jake Tapper asking Representative McCall from Texas, are we in a new Cold War with Russia? <laughs> and I don't know if we are or not, because I'm not an international affairs expert or a foreign policy expert. We probably can ask someone like Frank Gaffney. Maybe we'll have him on to talk about this. But, but the reason I bring this up is because there are serious issues facing America today. We, we have our own Supreme Court of the United States. I cited this last segment. We have our own Supreme Court of the United States citing known falsehoods in the fifth page of their opinion, upholding an illegal order by the Biden administration, and, and, and our Our politicians and our elected representatives in Washington, D.C. are up in arms about Vladimir Putin thousands of miles away invading Ukraine. I mean, the, the, the absolute blindness and absolute numbness to the very threats that are on the homeland today is astonishing. I would suggest that our leaders in America would focus primarily in the majority of their efforts in in, in rebuilding this country that the same politicians have destroyed, instead of focusing on Vladimir Putin thousands of miles away invading a land that has nothing to do with American sovereignty.